Hello, everyone out there in the podcast world. Hope you're having a great day. Uh, you're listening to or watching us live on Facebook, the uh, Service Business Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Tersh Blissett. Today's episode is a great one, uh, timely, uh, very timely, in fact. Uh, so we have um, Courtney Durandi with TDT CPAs and Advisors. Too many uh, letters there, Tersh. <laughs> it, such a tongue twister here. <laughs> Got it. Uh, so we're going to talk about um, the three things that we should be focusing on uh, during an uncertain economy. And I'm super excited about this because, um, well, it's an uncertain economy. And uh, between uh, whether it's going to be the pandemic or an election and the uncertainty that surrounds all of that, um, it's it's super exciting to talk about this um, with you today, Courtney. And um we're in the process, so my, my brain's going a million miles an hour because we're in the process of, of creating our budget for next year. Um, and so we're reflecting on our budgets from last year, or, or this uh, 2020, and uh, we're seeing where we, we had set targets and goals in certain areas and we we blew some targets out of the water and then other, other areas we just completely flopped in because we weren't tracking those with KPIs. Um, and so I'm, 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 curious to see what these three things are that we should be focusing on because I have a sneaking suspicion that uh, I'm probably not focusing on at least two of them, maybe, <laughs> maybe all three. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Courtney. Thank you, Tersh. I'm glad to be here. And yeah, like you said, I mean, there's there's just been so much going on in 2020. That is like the understatement of the world, right? And I think if you think about having economic uncertainty or a global health pandemic or a complete shift in the way people, consumers, um, you know, live and make decisions. Any one of those things at a time would be disruptive. Mm -hmm. Having them all at the same time is a lot. So you really have an opportunity to throw a lot of conventional wisdom, like last year's budget, right. out the window <laughs> and say, like, you know, what what could we do now? Uh, what does this make possible? Uh, and, and so there's, I think, a ton of opportunity that comes through all of this disruption if you're willing to um, to step out and take some chances. But it also can be overwhelming and you don't know quite where to start or what to do. It's almost like there's two extremes. Some people want to sit tight and do nothing. like yeah, Just be like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, let's just kind of see what happens and then I'll make some decisions. Um, if you do that, you are not going to be sitting tight. You're going to be like miles behind everybody else. Yeah. So you're, you're not going to be marking time. You're not going to be standing still. Things are going to sweep past you because everything is changing. And so you have to really be willing to take some action and, and do some things and you might make mistakes. You might be wrong. Um, so you might have to course correct. But if you think you can just sit tight and wait for certainty, you're going to be moving backwards, not standing still. Yeah. So you can't stick your head in the sand. There's an old ostrich over here. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. So tell us, tell us a little bit about you and, and uh, your organization. And so that we get a little bit of understanding as to why you are an expert in this. Uh, yes. This topic. So, so um, I'm a CPA and the managing partner at TDT CPAs and advisors. So we are a boutique 
advisory and accounting firm. Uh, we are located in Iowa. We serve clients all across the country. Um, so we fortunately were set up already to serve digitally. So that yeah. was a blessing for us to be able to continue serving, whether somebody is down the street in a local community where we have an office or across the country, we've been able to, to adapt um, you know, and increase that level of digital um, and um, virtual engagement. But we serve small businesses and nonprofit organizations. Primarily, our, our sweet spot is those who are in um, kind of the growth and maturity stage of business, so either growth or maturity, mm -hmm. where you're really focused on getting to the next level. And, um, and so we help those leaders who often find themselves in a position of being overwhelmed we help them to figure out how to use their financial information to support decision-making to help them get where they're trying to go. Because a lot of times finance can be a very um, confusing and overwhelming thing. And a lot of business owners kind of want to say, you know what, that's, that's not my thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. And they want to ignore it. So we help them to see the power of how this information can be a tool Mm. in growing your organization. Yeah, I like that because it's it, it it's so true whenever you start talking financials, it's almost like uh, your analysis paralysis. So it's like you're going to you get so much information that it's like, mm, I just trust that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. I don't even I don't, I don't even want to know the numbers. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I think a lot of a lot of accountants are very technical people. I mean, we have some um, some education and experience and some very technical and complicated mm -hmm. things. And and same thing goes for, you know, engineers and architects and attorneys. And anytime you have somebody who's in a very technical profession, it can be challenging to find people in that profession who can make that translation over to their customer or their client right. to help them understand on their level that's needed what they need to know. And so that's a big differentiator for our firm is that we are very focused on being proactive and practical. It doesn't do us any good to have all this technical knowledge if we can't find a way to make it helpful and useful. For me personally, as the managing partner in our firm and an owner, I have firsthand experience of of running and scaling our own business. So I get it even on a, on a higher, you know, more intense level. Mm -hmm. um, and, and sometimes I'll even find myself, I, I joked with my team earlier this week, I, I said something that kind of alluded to the fact of why doesn't our cash changing cash match up with our, our change in profitability. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, I am a CPA. I know why it does it. Right. But when you get into that owner's mindset, those are the kinds of things that it's like, we have to be able to understand at a high level and, 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 and your CPA um, should be an advisor to you and should be someone who can speak in a way and explain things in a way that's actually helpful and doesn't make you feel um, like, Oh, never mind. I, I trust that, that that's right. Like <laughs> right. I can't ever understand that you, <laughs> right, you can yeah. understand on a level that will make this information be helpful and valuable to your business. Just like you could with someone in it or marketing or HR, you don't need all the technical knowledge. You don't need to be able to do it all yourself, mm -hmm. but you need to have a service provider who is willing to interact with you in a way that can be helpful, not just technical.
skeptical. Oh yeah. And so like, uh, I, I, uh, are you familiar with Don- Donald Miller? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yes. One so, of my favorites. Yeah. Right. So it's been years ago now since, um, he, I heard him say this, uh, and he, and he still does, but, uh, it was, it was, it was like an aha moment for me whenever he, he said, you know, on a spectrum of one to 10, you know, you're an expert and you're a 10 level 10. So like, you know what you're doing and you know what you're talking about. And so whenever you are trying to explain things, sometimes most of us will come down to like 11 level seven ish or something like that. And, um, but a level seven is like, is still way over people's head. You need to come way down to like a level two and, and just, really break things down and explain things to people not talk to them like they're dumb or anything like that just like maybe i i don't know what cost of goods sold me or cogs so somebody (laughs) says hey what's your cogs and you're like uh i don't know like above the line below the line like i don't know like you're talking french to me i have no idea like you want me to fix air conditioner yeah i can do that (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but it's 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 crazy how much we take for granted. So in, in our industry and in, in the service industries, whenever we go into someone's home and we start talking about things, uh, another reference from Don Miller is that fight or flight thought in your brain. When you start talking over somebody's head, they just, you know, agree or just make you go away say whatever it's going to take to make you go away. Um, whenever all we have to do is just come to and explain it a little simpler and, and, uh, you know, it's cool that you have a lot of knowledge and, and that is great and you need that. Um, but you don't have to, you don't have to teach everybody everything, you know, every time you have a conversation with them. And, and that's where it kind of gets overwhelming sometimes whenever we're trying to relay a message to our clients and, and, and how we've been uh, as a business owner, how I've had interactions with uh, a CPA and then, or an accountant. And then it just come, I'm like, ah, like I, I know numbers and you're confusing the heck out of me. So uh, um, I, I like the fact that y'all really are, are you work towards being like a, like a, an outside controller or, a, an outside CPA. Um, do you, do y'all also do bookkeeping or is, do you just keep it to like, um, your, your CFO? Um, yeah, we, we do. So because our focus is on small business owners, most of our clients just aren't of the size where they would, it would make sense for them financially mm-hmm. to have a bookkeeper and a controller and a CFO. But every business needs somebody, at least a fraction of the time, to perform those roles. They're very different roles that require different skills and abilities and they provide different value. And so we provide outsourced accounting on any of those three levels. So for some clients, it's it's the accounting and bookkeeping, it's transaction processing, paying bills, processing payroll, mm-hmm. basically that foundational someone, either you or us, has to keep things accurate, timely, and relevant. Because if we don't have that, None of this other oversight or forward-looking guidance that a controller or CFO would provide will be helpful if it's based on old or bad information. Right. Yeah. If it's two or three months old, like things change really fast. Uh, like with us in air conditioning, uh, if if you are looking at June's records or July's records, and it's October by the time you actually get them, get everything done, like 
there's a big difference in in demand and revenue and all kinds of other stuff between those. I mean, there's a massive difference between the two. Uh, so you could really be uh, shooting yourself in the foot for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, what we just found is a lot of a lot of clients will have someone internally who can do some aspect of mm. one of those three roles. And so we usually augment that. So we work together with that person to say, okay, if this person can really handle the bookkeeping and the transaction processing and keep things up to date and accurate, then that allows us to provide controller and CFO services. So we're providing oversight to have good control, make sure things are accurate. And we're providing the more forward thinking, big picture guidance about where we're going now that we have you know, confidence that we've accurately accounted for where we've been. But in some cases, it's the other way around. They have a high level CFO type person, or maybe they're another outsourced CFO. And what's lacking is someone to keep everything recorded. And so we we provide um, any or all of those outsourced accounting services to our clients. And then we also provide tax planning um, and tax preparation services and, and some other um, consulting-based project work and data visualization reporting. And so the forecasting and scenario planning, there's lots of things we provide, um, but the very core of, of our services, a lot of those things that I just mentioned mm-hmm. rely on having that accurate, relevant financial information. And so if that can't be handled by the, the client, our team is providing that service so that we can do the rest of what is really helpful. Yeah. Garbage in, garbage out. So absolutely. Yep. Now, whenever you have someone that does that, um, do you use a, pro, or, uh, first off, do you use QuickBooks online? We do. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is our, so we have a, a certain technology um, uh-huh. stack. So we have a tech stack of certain tools that we utilize so that our team is very well versed in them. We can efficiently use them and help clients use them. QuickBooks online is the accounting software that we use. Cool. So do you use uh, or uh, recommend a different company uh, to do receipt capturing? Uh, do you use like Receipt Bank or? Mm-hmm. Receipt Bank is the is the okay. um, receipt capture that we use. And then okay, cool. Bill.com is the bill pay um, tool that we use. So Sweet. Receipt Bank, yeah, is the image capturing and mm-hmm. um, matching up with the transactions and storing it with the transaction in, in QBO. Um, and then Bill.com is another tool that functions similarly in that you capture the image digitally, um, but it tells us we need to pay the bill for them and, and can have some approval processes in place. Those are the, the three main technology applications we use, awesome. QBO, Receipt Bank, and Bill.com. Sweet. So um, we, I promise that we are going to get into the three <laughs> topics, uh, the three things that we got to discuss, but I have some personal questions that I'm trying to get answered. So <laughs> while I have Courtney here, I'm going to ask the questions. Um, uh, Receipt bank. Do you, do you ever have a situation where uh, people are putting things into the wrong um, uh classes or uh categories so like i have service experts that they really only need to get into to to um cost of good souls job materials and um and fuel to put their their fuel receipts in and i'd like to be able to limit that um to the that's the only categories they could see or have access to Oh yeah, per user, so that they have a limited list of who they can select. You know, that's a great question. I don't know that we've ever had anybody ask to to limit on a per user basis mm-hmm. that list. I know one thing that we do is when we onboard a new client, we go through training with their team to help them understand 
what happens with this information mm-hmm. and why it's so important that you track this appropriately, code it appropriately, that you capture it timely, because this is what this information means to the business. So that training is part of it. And then we also, for our clients, go through a process where we are reviewing what has been put in for proper coding to see if anything does look like it needs to be misclassified. But that's a great question. I'd have to ask uh, (laughs) one of my other team members if you can (laughs) limit that per user. Because if not, that's a really great suggestion that we might be able to submit to our receipt bank contacts as well. The thing is, is I just don't want my guys getting fat thumbs and and putting stuff in wrong categories. And I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. a great question. I'm going to jot that down. So let's go ahead. And before we get started, um, there is a special offer that that you've so graciously offered um, to the listeners. Um, we'll disclose all of that information at the end um, once we've talked about these, these three items that we need to focus on. But um, I just want to make sure that anybody knows if they have to jump off this for any reason, uh, because uh, they're at a service call or whatever, um, they can make sure they tune back in to, to get that offer. Um, but uh, with that being said, what, let's get started with those three things. What's the first thing? Okay. So the first thing is don't wait for perfection. Focus on profitability. So you got to think of when there's uncertainty and everybody's changing their patterns and habits and their threshold for risk and value, you have to think about what do your customers need what do they need right now? And whatever it is that you know or provide that is relevant and helpful to them, focus on that mm. and make sure that you're set up to do that in a profitable way. So, so Tersh, you mentioned your budget. You're working on your budget right now and, and you're looking at last year's budget as a guide. Most likely what you planned for 20 and what actually happened are two different things. I oh, mean, that yeah. that's the case in our business. What mm-hmm. I, And I've, I've been in the same boat as you this last week. I've been working on our budget for 21, looking back at our budget for 20. And, and I'm asking my, myself these same questions. What is most helpful to our clients right now? It might be different than what we had planned for mm-hmm. 20. So based on all the change that's going on right now, you have to really know your customer. What did they need? What are they valuing differently now than they valued last year? They're valuing um, some some certainty around um, safety of their family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you know convenience. Maybe they've had changes in their personal budgets. Um, predictability, like that, might be just something. Just knowing. Uh, maybe they're willing to spend the same amount that they've ever spent with you before, but they want to know what it's going to be upfront and have it paid steadily over the course of a year. Maybe that's all you have to do is arrange packages or payment plans differently. Like think about your customer and what do they need and what is it that you provide that matches up with that need? And keep in mind that these needs are probably different than what they were in the past. And as you think through that, Oh, would you would you ask them like would you try and do some sort of survey or because some if I guess what I what I would think they need I, I'm probably going to be wrong um, so I, I'm wondering how I would find that information out. Yes, yeah, so you could ask them. You could do some surveying. You could also do some testing. So this is why I say don't wait for perfection mm. because if you wait for perfection, you're going to miss the boat. You're going to spend like six months surveying customers and then you'll be ready to roll. And by that time, 
six months in this environment right. might be like another seven years. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's why I say, don't wait for perfection. You have to be willing to test some things out. So if you're, if you're a pretty established business, if you're in a maturity stage or even in a growth stage, you might have to put your startup hat back on a little bit. Remember when you started your business and you didn't really know exactly what your customers wanted or what they were willing to pay. And you had to do a lot more testing and trying things out. This is the perfect time to do those things. There's a lot of grace, I think, in the marketplace right now because people know, consumers know, business owners are trying to adapt to different ways of serving to meet the changes in our environment. So there's a lot of grace on like, this might be not be perfect, but I know I can see you're trying to meet my needs. So um, balance that, like, how do I gather information? You might be talking even just to like your closest friends and family members, um, but test some things out. So you don't have to go all in like, okay, you know what? We're not doing that anymore. We're doing all this going forward. Do some testing and see. So like as a new customer comes in, try this out and see how they respond to it. And if that works, try it some more. So, so that's the biggest thing is like, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you have to be willing to try something and adapt. And, and if you, that's great advice for people, especially startups too. Like if, if you like, you're used to doing something the way that you've always done it, where you worked previously, uh, and, it's not working for you now. Like just try something new and, and each client, uh, the, the thing about our business is the only thing that's consistent is, it is, is change. Um, and so, uh, if something's working, then we, we're going to morph that direction and, uh, and it might not work in six months and we might be morphing back to the other direction. So, yeah, I love that, that, that what you're talking about there. Yeah. So you could, you can definitely do surveys. I don't want to discourage you from doing surveys. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't have it be a process that takes like too long. Mm -hmm. You can also pay for some data and some information, but you, it might be just getting kind of a core group of some of your customers or friends or referral sources and saying like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. And I would just love your perspective. Cause sometimes as business owners, we're so into it that we can feel like we're out of touch with what our customers want. Mm-hmm. And so, um, just taking that time to, to find that mix of what it is that, you know, and can provide and how it matches with what they want. But this is the other caveat. You need to be able to do it in a profitable way. Right. And so that's the big thing. Yes. You gotta make sure you make money. <laughs> so you, so you, which requires that, you know, what your costs are and what your margins are. And so, you know, if you know, this is what it costs me to do this, and this is what I'm going to get paid for it the difference is my margin. You got to make sure you're, you're fully loading all those costs. So it's not just the cost of sending my service tech out to do a particular job and their salary and benefits. What else did you have to do? Did you have to have advertising? Do you have to have pay somebody else in the office to dispatch them? Somebody to invoice You have to, you know, really understand how much money do I make doing this? Um, Because you, if you're going to put in all this effort and all this work, it's got to be profitable at the end of the day. So matching up where you can best help with how you can do it in a profitable way. And then the more you understand about how much money you make or where you make your money, the more you can focus your efforts on those things that meet that mix of this is helpful and relevant and profitable. Mm. The things that are um, not as profitable 
you can take your resources away from. I'm not going to worry about trying to get more of that business because it's not profitable. The things that are really helpful and relevant and not as profitable, you got to find a way to make it more profitable. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing is, is whenever I've created all these packages and these I've bundled all these awesome deals together and then it just it sucks. And then I'm like, oh, these are my babies and we're going to go with these. And then you're like, nope, either don't make any money or nobody wants it. I'm like, Yeah, right. right. And well, that's what's hard when we get kind of <laughs> invested in something personally. Yeah. Like, well, we spent all this time on this. Um, that's where knowing your customers is so valuable and what they need and what they want and recognizing that right now, especially in this uncertain economy the and with the global health pandemic and everything that's happened, that's going to be different than it was before. We also, in our business, um, I just had a call like this this morning, we're asking our team who directly serve clients, what are what are you hearing from clients that are new issues and challenges that we maybe haven't talked about? Mm. That's, a, that's a standard question. And they're submitting um, things that, you know, somebody asked about this, somebody asked about that. Like, for example, right now, we have, we have more clients who we don't provide outsourced accounting for asking about converting to QuickBooks Online because they want to be able to do what they need to do without having to go into their office. Like they've been limping by for months thinking that they'll find a way to like, you know, this will be over and then go back to the office. Mm -hmm. And now they're like, you know what, never mind. I'd like to have access to it anywhere, whether it's because I'm at home or because I'm on vacation next year. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that was something that came up where we haven't had a lot of that in the past. Um, so asking your people, your your employees, your team members who serve directly with clients to feed you those ideas is another way to have more insight into what your customers need. And then you've yeah. got to figure out how do we do this profitably? Right. Profitably. That's the key. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we did with, with Service Emperor is um, from day one, we were um, cloud-based and paperless. And so when the pandem pandemic hit and uh, we we're 100% remote also, it was like, okay, how are you doing this? Because you're making this work. And now everybody here is having to resort to doing the same thing that you're doing. Um, and for us, it, it, we didn't have huge hiccups because we were already on QuickBooks Online. Our CRM was, is already cloud-based. You know, all of our communication is all cloud-based. Um, and so uh, it was, it was very much like, that part of our business didn't really skip a beat. Uh, we just had to make sure that we sanitized everything at, at that point. So um, that was thankful. I mean, it, we didn't plan for this, but it's just, uh, I'm glad that we were prepared for sure. Yeah, I think that's a great example of, of being kind of ahead of the curve on that. But I mentioned earlier, that's kind of the position we were in too. So what it's allowed us to do is not have to spend the last, you know, eight months trying mm -hmm. to figure out how do we get everybody virtual. It's like we already got that covered. Now it's like a next level. So we're leaps and bounds above other people. You know, so you've got competitors mm -hmm. who've been struggling to try to figure out some of the things that you were already doing gives you a leg up. You've got more opportunity because you've already got that figured out. You're not blocking and tackling. You're like, what else can we do? How right. what does this make possible Absolutely. for us? Absolutely. Cool. So how about number two? Number two, so don't just look at where you are or where you've been. Focus on where you are headed. So there's a couple different ways that you can think about this. The first one I would say is cash flow. So if you're looking at your cash balance as your measure of how you're doing, that only tells you where you're at today and what's already happened. You have to get visibility around where you are headed. 
And so that requires projecting your cash flow. And so much of accounting is reporting what's already happened in the past. Oh, yeah. And so you have to have an additional step in here where you are looking forward and guessing like you're estimating. <laughs> you don't know. It's not I mean it's not like we talked a lot about accurate relevant financial information. This is not going to be highly accurate because you're guessing, but at least you're getting some visibility around it. And there are some some, you know, steps in this process to pro- projecting your cash flow that can be, you know, pretty um, pretty accurate. So yeah. what we're talking about here is, you know, you're starting with your cash, cash on hand available to you today. And then you're estimating on a, I would say, depending on how volatile you're, you are right now, your business is right now on a, perhaps a weekly basis. Really? Um, in normal times, you can definitely do this on a monthly basis, but if you're experiencing a lot of volatility, um, you should convert to doing this weekly, at least for a period of time until things stabilize. So again, you're looking at, okay, here's how much cash I have today. And then what are my anticipated inflows, coming cash coming in the door for me each week for the next, say, 12 weeks, week by week. Mm. And this is based on like, what do I have in the pipeline? What have I had in the past? Um, what do I think is going to be different? And you're, again, you have to estimate, which is, I know it's not comfortable or fun, but you have to, you have to make some estimates. So if, if you're somebody, uh, if your business has accounts receivable, so you bill clients and, and collect later, mm-hmm. you, you should be able to look at your accounts receivable and see when were they billed? When do I think they're going to actually pay me? When do I hope they're going to pay me? Yes. When do I hope they're going to pay me? <laughs> and if you have any kind of point of sale items, yeah. then you're going to have to, you know, predict like, like how much am I going to sell, you know, per week for these items. So that's the receipt side of it. On the disbursement side, you're looking at a couple easy ones is when are my payroll dates? Like, what do I estimate my payroll will be in which weeks? Mm-hmm. And my payroll taxes, when are those due? If you collect sales tax and remit it, when is that going to be remitted? Um and then credit card. If so, a lot of our clients we encourage them to use business credit cards to manage cash flow and to earn rewards, mm-hmm. um, but pay off the bill. Like, don't incur a bunch of credit card debt. Right, so, yeah. as many of your expenses you can put on the credit card, then you know the credit card bill is paid this week, and then this week, and then this week, and you can easily estimate it. Whereas if you've got people out there charging on a debit card uh, or you're paying accounts payable checks, uh, it's a lot more sporadic. You, if you're doing a lot of our clients will do specific check runs, like they pay bills on the 10th and the 25th. So in the weeks of the 10th and the 25th, you're going to put in, you know, what are you estimating to to go out? So that's going to take, here's what I have. Here's what I think is coming in. Here's what I think is going out. This is my projected cash balance. And that's, you're going to do that for like the next 12 weeks out mm-hmm. and look out and see where am I projected to have a low or negative cash balance. And then this is where the work begins. What can I do now that I know that there's going to be a problem? What do I need to change now to avoid a problem over the next 12 weeks? Oh, that's perfect. So, well, how do you determine if you're quote unquote uh, volatile or non? Yeah. So I would would say this is based on, um, so something that's going to really impact your cash flow. Does your customer base going, experiencing some things that might make them slower to pay? Mm. Um, do you think your the demand for your services is going to go down? Like if if all so this seasonal, like if like we have a dead time that during the winter because it's not really cold or not really hot. 
that type of stuff? Yep. Seasonality would definitely impact it. But also I would just say um, right now, if you look at, okay, in your um, in your local community, let's just say this, for example, if you're a service-based business and, and in your local community, uh, if a lot of your customer base works for a certain industry or employer and oh, that yeah. employer just laid off a boatload of people mm. and you think yep. they might have to cut back on regular service agreements or they might have to hold off on having, you know, their ductwork cleaned or, you know, something like that. Be aware of what's going on in your customer-based environment that might affect their ability to pay you for services gotcha. you've already performed or the demand for your services changing. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's so, what I mean by volatility. Yeah. So we have, um, so Gulfstream Aerospace is, is a big uh, employer here locally. And I, I'd say probably every 10 years or so, they go through a massive layoff. Um, and it seems like uh, that's whenever we hear, oh, you know, so-and-so got laid off. Like, you know, a lot of people that got laid off because it's such a large uh, employer here. Um, and so I could definitely see like, especially if they, if they went through a massive layoff right now with all of the other stuff going on, um, that could, that could definitely hurt, uh, some, some, uh, demand calls for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's on the negative side. I'd say the other thing to think about on the positive side mm -hmm. is when there are opportunities for a lot of growth and, and it happens rapidly, that can create a cash flow problem as well, because sometimes oh, yeah. you have to invest. Yep. You might have to hire employees before you are able to deploy them. Yep. You might have to develop some products or service offerings or invest in some equipment in order to be able to reach the demand. And so there could be a timing difference. So even good though point. there's exciting good things, um, if you're going to incur some costs before you can actually reap the rewards of it, that is another um, aspect where you'd be a little bit more volatile, a little bit different than usual that you'd want to be a little more in tune with this yeah whenever we have someone new that starts on the team uh, usually they'll spend a week in the office not being productive you know as a service tech and then you have the cost of stocking a whole van which could be upwards to 10 grand worth of stuff and so you have his payroll the van stocking uh, of all the materials and, and tools and stuff and uh you know it may be a week or two before he starts making revenue to, mm -hmm. to bring it back in. So yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So I, so, you know, that's kind of the, the reasons behind doing that forecast. And, and like I said, once you get the forecast there, mm -hmm. you're looking at where do I see a problem? And then you've got to dig into what can I do? So can I delay some payments? Can I accelerate some receipts? Do I need to go to the bank about expanding my line of credit? Mm. Um, do I need to finance the purchase of this new equipment instead of using my cash reserves to pay for it? Um, it just, there could be a whole host of things. Cash flow problems are just a symptom of some other underlying issue. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, the cash flow projection is a way to, uh, bring visibility to the problem. And then you've got to dig down and figure out the underlying issues. Maybe the problem is you have a new person, a new employee who is sending out invoices and they're making mistakes 
and people aren't paying your bills as fast as they were because there's so many mistakes in them. And so they're like, I'm not going to pay that until you fix this. So you went from collecting in 15 days to collecting in 45 because they're spending 30 days back and forth trying to fix the errors mm -hmm. and the invoices. So there could be a whole host of things that are causing the problems. Um, but until you have visibility that there is a problem, you don't even know where to look to solve it. Yeah, that's a great point. That is a great point. So um, how about number three? All right. So the third one, don't miss this opportunity. Focus on things that you wanted or needed to change anyway. So when things are going well, it's really easy for costs to creep in, um, yeah. inefficient processes to become the status quo. Um, we also a lot of times avoid dealing with the fact that we've got the wrong people on our team, we've got the wrong vendor relationship, we keep bringing in the wrong customers. When things are going well, those are the things that we kind of let happen because like, ah, you know, things are going good and it's not really causing me a problem. Mm -hmm. When there is disruption and uncertainty, it creates an opportunity for us to do some things that we wanted or needed to do anyway. Crisis accelerates change. So don't miss this opportunity. Figure out those things that you really wanted or needed to do. So so scrutinize your recurring charges and subscriptions. Like as you go through your budget, do what I did on Monday. Get your general ledger detail report. Like it, it's the detail. Mm -hmm. It's and and just scan through it and be like, what is this? Or oh yep. my goodness, we pay that for that. <laughs> just, you know, you don't have to spend a ton of time. Uh, because there could be a bunch of little things that might not add up to a ton, but you might be surprised if you just look for recurring charges, subscriptions, things that have become status quo that you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize we were spending that on that. Mm -hmm. um, be strategic and intentional about your marketing. So a lot of times people uh, kind of, I don't know why, but their instinct is to cut back on marketing. It's like, oh, that's an overhead cost. Right. And I'm going to, I'm going to cut back on marketing or I'm going to cut expenses across the board. The marketing budget gets cut just as much as everything else. You have, as long as you're being strategic and intentional, your marketing should be driving your revenue. Yeah. I mean, that should be a, as long as it's a percentage, you like, don't focus on the dollar amount. As long as you keep it at the, the percentage that you have it targeted at, that's, that's the biggest thing for me. Like, and, uh, whenever we were talking about ours, it was, um, I asked, well, what does our dollar amount need to be? I was like, well, it doesn't matter if, if you're making more money, then good. Keep spending money on marketing. As yeah. Long as you're, if it works. You're selling yeah, exactly. If it works, keep doing it. So, so the key there is to be intentional and strategic about it. Um, and then I just look for the leaks and the waste and anything that you've been wanting or needing to change take this opportunity to do mm. it because there's so much disruption going on right now. This is the perfect time to, to do those things that you've been wanting or needing to do. Yeah. I like that. And, and it's so crazy because like during the summer when we're so busy and, and, and just wide open, um, it's easy for us to spend money to try and solve something. Uh, and, and basically we're trying to throw money at it and then it becomes a recurring um, expense that really is not fixing anything. Uh, in the long run, we figured out a different way to make it happen. And you're still spending three or 400 bucks on it a month. And, uh, even a couple hundred dollars, you know, a hundred dollars a month on, on something. And you don't even realize that it's like, wow, I didn't like that's $1,200 a year, you know, that we're spending on something that we're not even using anymore. And mm -hmm. yeah, 
Absolutely. So I think it's just a great opportunity to to make some of those changes. Cool. So thank you for all of this information because I have some really cool stuff to to focus on. And and um, like I said before we started, uh, yeah, I don't do any of that stuff. So. <laughs> Well, I, I hope this is helpful to you and to your listeners. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. So um, uh, you had mentioned before, what's the best best place to reach you um, to, to find out more about? This? Yes. So you can you can definitely go to tdtpc.com. And that's our website. You can find anything, uh, any information about us. But for your listeners, we have some additional offers. We just, we really believe at TDT that, um, our communities and our economies depend on small businesses. And uh, I think small business owners know that they need to do some of these things we talked about. Like you know you've got to handle your your cash flow. You've got to maximize your profitable services and products. You've got to cut expenses. Um, we, I think we know that. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that. And I'm a oh, CPA yeah. leading an accounting firm. It, it still takes a lot of intentionality to actually get it done. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. so – we created a video course that is available on demand that goes more in depth on each of these three topics that I talked about. And it also includes a course book with um, downloadable, like a downloadable cash flow projection tool and some other tools that you can use to actually take these concepts and apply them to your business, work through, listen to the video where I teach on these concepts in more depth, work through the related course book content and start implementing these things in your business. So for your um, podcast listeners, we're offering 50% off the video course. Um, And as an added bonus, the first 25 listeners will also receive a free one hour consulting call with one of our CPAs to help you execute on the video course content. So you have an hour of one of our CPAs time to say, okay, I went through the course book and I still don't get this piece. Or what do you think about this or that? Um, And so for the first 25 listeners, in addition to anybody getting the 50% off the course, the first 25 listeners will also get that one hour um, call. So, so for all of that, you go to tdtpc.com slash SBM for service business mastery. So SBM. Perfect. And I will put that, all of that information into the show notes. So I appreciate that. Is there anything that I didn't ask? I don't think so. I think we covered it. Yeah. We, like I said, we would just love for your listeners to take advantage of that, that offer and use, you know, I think we've got a couple, couple weeks here before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people are slower, maybe between Christmas and, and new year's. It could be, you could definitely take that course and work through it in a day and, and map out like, these are the things I'm going to change and implement as you go through your planning for 2021. I think it'd really help you to focus on how you can be more effective and profitable, um, and relevant to your customers in 2021. That'll be so awesome. And thank you so much for that offer too. That's, that's really helpful. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Cool. So if anybody has any questions, don't hesitate to reach out uh, to Courtney and her team and uh, don't hesitate. I mean, cause it's going to be quick. The first 25 people are going to um, jump on that offer for sure. So uh, don't hesitate to, to jump on that. It's tdtpc.com slash SBM for service business mastery. 
uh, thank you again, Courtney, for coming on the show. And th- thank you so much um, for all the information that you that you gave us and a little to-do list for me to, to start working on some more. <laughs> awesome. It was my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Tersh. Absolutely. So if anybody has any questions, reach out to, to Courtney or her team. And then also my email is tersh at serviceemperor.com. If you have any questions for me, don't hesitate to reach out to me. And with that being said, thank you again for watching or listening to another episode of the Service Business Mastery Podcast, a podcast focused on service business owners, managers, and technicians who are considering becoming business owners themselves. Until we talk again next week, have a wonderful day. Be safe out there.